You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to all the dads and father-like figures out there. It's an exciting day. Just this past week, I was talking to several uh, individuals who maybe aren't a dad in that role where they have their own son or daughter, but guys who are volunteering, making an impact on our community, being a mentor for somebody else. So whether you fill that father-like role in somebody's life, or you're a dad. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for what you do each and every day. And before I forget, in case you uh, came in a little bit late, uh, Pastor Al is on his way down to Lynch, Kentucky. If you have no idea where that is, that is in the heart of Appalachia. So he is taking a team of 12 individuals from our church down there this week, and they are going to be fixing up a transition house. So this transition house is going to be used for women and children Well, the women who are getting out of prison, um, and then their children, just to help them get back on their feet. There's a lot of uh, drug use down there, so that's kind of what this home is focusing on. They have a whole punch list of items uh, that they're trying to complete, everything from plumbing and light fixtures to hanging doors and trim. Uh, But this week is what stands in the way of those uh, women and children being, in, being able to stay there. So make sure keep them in your prayers this week. They'll be there about 6, 7 o'clock tonight, and then they'll be back here in Lima on Friday. So continue to pray for them. Uh, but today I want to talk about dads. And dads, I want to ask you a question. Have you thought about your legacy? And no, I'm not talking about a life insurance policy that can make your estate really big at the end of your life. I'm not talking about what you may pass down as far as a house or cars or those types of things. If you Google define legacy, you'll find a number of different things that show up on Google, but if you go to Miriam's dictionary, it will say anything that's handed down from a previous generation. So dads, what I wanna talk about today is what are you doing now? What you say and do affects your kids, and future generations going forward. So whether you're a brand new dad, or maybe you've been around the block for a little bit, it is never too late to be that legacy dad. You know, just as I look around the auditorium this morning, I see people who, you know, are brand new dads. I see those individuals who have been dads for a long time. Maybe you just buried your dad. Maybe you're at the stage where Sarah and I are at, where poopy diapers are in piles around the house, and you're just like, you're never going to get out of it. Maybe you're going on a drive with your teenage daughter, and you're like, man, I hope I make it back alive. But no matter where you're at on that journey as a dad, it's never too late to be a legacy dad, and we have all those cool stories. I have a proud dad moment not too long ago. My son James, who is six and a half, Uh, He goes to Temple Christian School here, and he graduated from kindergarten on this very stage. I didn't even know kindergarten had graduations, but they do, FYI. But they were all lined up here, and they had to go down the row and say, hey, when I grow up, I want to be, you know, whatever. 
So the kids were coming one by one, and they'd be like, oh, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. The smart kids say, hey, I want to be a paleontologist. I had to Google that. What is that? Um, some kids were like, I want to be an army guy or an army woman. And my son walks up here. The microphone's right here. And he's like, I want to be a YouTuber. And I was so proud of him in that moment. I was like, that was the only kid who said something entrepreneurial, right? You know, you have to have really good life skills. So if you see me around Lima with a bag and a camera and James right behind me, we are practicing for his career as a YouTuber. But dads, we shape our kids' lives at all stages. There is a whole family lineage that is being shaped by what you say and do this very moment, in the study of sociology, there's actually a term for this, and it's, or kind of a definition, it's called the five-generation rule. So those who study sociology would say, the love that we give, the values that we teach, what we impart to our kids now does not just affect this generation, but it affects four more generations. When I read that, I was like, Wow, that is an enormous and huge deal. What we do with our time matters. It will reach very, very far. So I want to share with you some stats on how us dads are doing. How us dads are doing. The first one is 34% of American families eat one meal together per day. I actually thought that was a little high. The average father spends eight to 10 minutes per day with his children, and that includes television and mealtime. 12% of America's families pray together. The average couple spends four minutes of uninterrupted time together today. See, guys, what is happening? Satan is attacking the families, and Satan knows if he can get the dad out of the picture, he's accomplished a great, great deal. But dads are so important to our society today. So as you guys are turning, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy 6. I kind of want to set the stage for this passage. In this passage, Moses has already led the Israelites out of the bondage and being in Egypt for 400 years, right? He's done some great things. God's parted the waters for them. They've gone through that, and they're kind of wandering around the wilderness, and things are going really good. Moses is leading them to the land of milk and honey. But as they kind of continue on, right, generation after generation, there's at least one generation here, they slowly start to forget what God had brought them through. You know, eventually they begin chasing other gods. They begin even sacrificing their own children like pagans. It only took one generation for this craziness to happen and this craziness to set in. But just as Moses is challenging the Israelites here in this passage in Deuteronomy 6, you know, we too this morning can learn so much about what it means to be a legacy dad and lead our families this morning. And let me just say this right now, whether you're a mom or dad, this applies to the whole entire family. 
But go ahead, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 4, and I'll go ahead and read that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then jumping down to verse 12. Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. See, this passage right here is describing what it means to be a legacy dad. It's talking about how we can pass on a generation of faith over and over and over again. It's talking about how us as adults, we can live life in plain view of our kids so that they can pick up on the things that God has for them. Then the second half of that, it's not just living life and doing it in a way that pleases God, but it's intentionally teaching our kids in those practical, simple, everyday, normal parts of life. It only takes one generation to derail the plan that God has for your family. So this is going to go pretty quick this morning. I have four simple points for you uh, that I want to go through. And number one is, the legacy dad remembers God's role. See, at this point, Moses had to continually remind the Israelites over and over and over and over and over again that God was in control, that God had a covenant with the people of Israel. Moses had to continually remind them they had already forgotten that God had led them out of bondage and exile in Egypt. See, verse 12 says, lest you forget the Lord, don't forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. See, as a dad, we cannot forget God's role in leading that next generation to him. I don't know about you, but many times on my parenting journey, right, I've been a parent for about six and a half years, James will be seven here in November, but I get worried, I feel like I'm going to mess up this whole parenting thing, and I think as a church, we do kind of a disservice because we say, hey, we have to be so good as parents, which is true, but the flip side to that is we forget that we are utterly dependent on the perfect father, God. And I don't know about you, but that gives me so much peace as I navigate the whole parenting thing. And right now, you know, our issues are small. It's little kid stuff. I'm not looking forward to, you know, as we get older into some of those other things. But I know God will be there each and every step of the way. You know, when I think about being worried, I can't help but think about when, you know, we found out the news, we were expecting our first little one, like many of you in this room, you know, it was difficult, it was a challenge to get pregnant that went on for several years, and it was actually after a missionary dinner here on a Sunday night uh, that we found out that we were expecting, and James was going to be coming into this world, 
And immediately I began thinking and worrying, like, how am I going to do this parenting thing? What am I going to say to them when I have to discipline them? And all these thoughts and, you know, went from scared to worry to excited and that kind of roller coaster thing that happens when you're parents. I even remember thinking as we got closer to the due date, you know, will I love this child? How will that work? But I remember when James was born, we were in the hospital. It was a quick, you know, process. You know, Sarah woke up about midnight, her water broke, and a couple hours later, James was born. But as soon as I held sweet baby James in my arms, I was reminded that God is a builder of heart connections. You know, I loved him more than, you know, words could uh, describe. But parents and dads, we cannot forget that God is the master planner. You know, you and I, we don't make our path for our kids. You know, you know a lot of days, you know, I'd like, you know, James to listen to me exactly, and I'd love to order his steps, but that's not our role as parents. Hear me when I say this. God is the architect of the perfect plan to capture the hearts of our kids. And we get that out of whack all the time. We think it depends so much on us. And yes, there's clear things in scriptures that we have to do. But God is the one that is the architect of that. Think about this. God instituted the family. One man, one woman. He created marriage. God does not leave us alone on this parenting journey to try to figure out everything by ourselves, to pass on this legacy of faith. It's right here, Deuteronomy chapter 6. One thing that's always really encouraging to me is, you know, don't forget that Jesus is our shepherd and guide. Isaiah 40, 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Do you hear that? And gently lead those that are with young. God has a heart for young families. God has a heart for the little ones. The shepherd cares for each sheep, knowing them individually. He knows their names. He knows their personalities. And this should be a great source of comfort for you and I as we're on this parenting journey. Because there's going to be some scary times. There's going to be some unknowns. We're not going to know what to say. We're not going to know when our kid asks a certain question. But God knows those obstacles along the way. He knows me. He knows my wife. He knows my kids. He knows the end goal. He knows that destination. But we follow the best shepherd. So I want to challenge you, the next time you don't know which direction to turn, let's rely on the good shepherd. Let's pray to God and ask for wisdom and ask for help on this parenting journey. But the legacy dad will always remember God's role. Always remember God's role in the parenting process. And this leads me to the second point. The legacy dad loves God first. You know, in my life, I tend to get the cart before the horse a lot of times. You know, the horse is what pulls the cart. We can't do that. But before you disciple and before you raise your children in a way that honors God, you must first look inward. You must first work on yourself. Deuteronomy 6, 
Let's look at verses 5 and 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. See, before we can teach our kids about a relationship with Jesus, we have to passionately love Jesus and pursue Jesus. We have to have those words of the scriptures imprinted on our hearts. And if we don't do that, how can we expect to do that for our kids? We can't. It's crazy. This might come across a bit harsh, but I believe one of the biggest obstacles that we face as dads is our very own mediocre relationship with Jesus and our juvenile understanding of God's word. We, and I recognize that truth in my own life, but we have to focus on ourselves first. I'm going to make a statement here. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important part of being a legacy dad or a legacy mom. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important part of being a legacy dad. Perfection is impossible here. That's not what we're going after. Perfection is an idol. It cannot be attained but what we're looking for here is an authentic and real relationship with Jesus. So how is your relationship with Jesus? Is it artificial when people look at your life? Are they like, man, I want no part in that? Or do they look at your life and you're like, man, what is different about you? I want to know more about that. You know, is your relationship with Jesus, is that direct each and every step of yours? Is every thought that you think made captive and pleasing to God? Here's some questions that I often will reflect on myself in my quiet time and in my devotion. I want to share a few with you. Is there any sense of risk in your life driven by your love for God? Is there any risk? Are we just playing it safe? Do you care more about self success and stuff, or are you more motivated by a passion for the things of God? Is the extent of your life with Jesus happening on a Sunday morning, or is our church community, our brothers and sisters in Christ, is that a springboard for the rest of the week? How about this one? When did you last pray for more than three to five minutes at a time? What did God say to you from his word today? How is your quiet time? Uh, Pastor Al, a few weeks ago during the Whisper series, talked about how we can hear from God. And God's word, the scripture, the Bible, is one of the ways that we do that. You know, we act all confused and we get it out of focus and we're like, man, I'm not hearing from God. But when was the last time you spent time in scripture and reading and diving in? And guys, the reason I asked you all those questions is because religion does not work. We see that all throughout Scripture. As legacy dads, we must be walking with God at a heart level, and we must have a real and authentic relationship with Jesus. We have to fight being lukewarm with everything that is in us and not act like a hypocrite. One of the things I'm uh, really thankful for are, you know, my parents. My parents are actually here this morning, and my dad is the epitome of a legacy dad. If you went up and asked him, he's very humble. He wouldn't say that. 
uh, but just one thing that kind of points to this. You know, growing up, he only yelled at me one time. I've yelled at my kids like a bazillion times, and I'm so thankful for that and his role model for me and passing on that legacy of a personal relationship with Jesus in my life, and I in turn can do that. Uh, for my own kids. But if we get angry all the time, we're talking about being a hypocrite, and yell at our kids and then put on that nice Christian face on Sunday mornings, you know, our kids are soon going to decide, I don't need any part of that. You know, let's talk about marriages, you know, a little bit. I was just talking with somebody the other day, they're like, Ben, I asked them, I said, hey, do your kids know that you're going through some of these issues in your marriage? They're like, absolutely not. I can tell you that is not true. When there are things going on in your marriage, your kids will know. They sense it. They know that. So how is your marriage doing? You know, are you walking in the fruit of the Spirit at home? Or is it just Sunday mornings? You know, we get all the I's dotted and T's crossed. But if our kids see a relationship with Jesus that is risky, and they see us growing as a follower of Jesus, admitting when we're wrong apologizing, spending time in his word, and I could just keep going on and on and on, they will see that our love for God is real. They will see that our love for God is authentic, and this will lay the foundation for teaching them about Jesus. So this brings me to our third point. The legacy dad teaches his children diligently. So as parents, as dads, you know, we're called to teach our kids in these kind of normal routine, you know, I would call them seemingly inconsequential moments in life. But those are the moments that God has ordained for us to use to capture the hearts of our kids. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and focus on verses 7 through 9. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So if you look at the Hebrew meaning uh, to teach diligently, it literally means to sharpen. If you look at the NIV translation, it will be to impress, to imprint. You know, are we doing that for our kids? Are we using these moments when we sit around in the house, when we walk on a way? That's just kind of going about everyday life on a walk. You know, back during ancient times, you know, they would have to walk a while just to get to water. They have to walk to the store and all this. And they had all these unique times to hang out with their kids and talk to them about Jesus. What I like about this passage is it has two times a day that I feel God really uses to capture the hearts of kids, and that's at bedtime and that's at morning. I don't know. This isn't all the time, but generally speaking, my kids are in a pretty good mood at bedtime. Once we get through all the ruckus and teeth brushed and all that, we're reading books and they can be kind of sweet. That's generally when they ask good questions, but God knew this ahead of time when he created the earth. You know, we need to capture those moments at bedtime and in the morning and everything in between to point our kids to Jesus. Uh, verses 8 and 9, you know, again, it's talking about the importance of continually teaching 
you know, our kids, we don't actually need to, you know, put something, you know, on our foreheads or on our hands, but what do our kids see us doing with our hands? Are we acting in a way that's appropriate for a follower of Jesus? We should be practicing and thinking about God's commands and obeying them all the time. And the home is where all of this should happen. I think it's interesting in this passage, and specifically verses 7 and 9, that this passage points to a way of life that is pretty much foreign to us in American culture. And what I mean by this, in order to teach our kids diligently, like Deuteronomy 6 says, it's going to require a lifestyle that values simplicity and time with our kids. It requires a simpler way of life. See, simplicity is freedom. You know, our lives get so complex, they get cluttered with stuff, and we have material possessions to manage and maintain. We get ourselves in unnecessary, you know, financial responsibilities, and these things get our lives all cluttered. A complex life, even when it's filled with pretty good things, takes up valuable, I can't say that word, valuable time and energy necessary to disciple our kids. The legacy dad understands that sometimes we must sacrifice good things to experience the very best things. And this is the model of Deuteronomy 6. God has given you enough time to accomplish everything that you need to in your life. And you just have to ask yourself, are there some things that are out of whack or out of order that are keeping me from living out these verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6? So my question for you is simple. Is your life so complex that you don't have time with your kids to hang out at home and go for a walk or be there at bedtime or when the kids get up in the morning? And I know there's seasons and I know there's certain days, but on a regular basis, is your life too complex or are you living a simple life? God says there's something very, very special about these ordinary, simple moments in life. This is where God builds a heart connection between us and our kids. But are we moving so fast where we're just totally oblivious to what God's trying to do in and through our kids, or are we capturing these moments and using them to point them to Jesus? Let's move on to uh, the last and final point here. But the legacy dad leads his family uh, very carefully. You know, I think these last few verses um, in this chapter are unique because Moses is warning the Israelites and the Israelite families of spiritual dangers that are about to come. And I actually don't have um, all the verses on the screen because I changed it at the last minute. Uh, But verse 12 again says, take care lest you forget the Lord. Be very careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Uh, But in verses 10 and 11 there, he's talking to them about living a really, really good life, right? They're in the land of milk and honey. They have everything they want. They didn't have to build this stuff. It's just there. And he's warning them. He says, if you are not careful, if you do not lead your families carefully, 
there are dangers with living the comfy life. It's a progression that will happen. You know, first you're happy and satisfied, then you slowly start to forget God and what he's done for you. Don't forget that he uh, took you through that river and he brought you out of the wilderness and he brought you out of bondage in Egypt and he's telling us the same. Don't get complacent. Don't get too comfortable and forget what God's done for us. And then eventually we see later on in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that, you know, he's warning him, don't start to worship false God. Don't start to worship other idols. You know, as legacy dads, we need to lead our families very, very carefully. You know, I think idols look a little bit different today. Uh, We can obviously worship different uh, gods, but I think there's some that are a little bit more subtle uh, that we often miss, and then once we realize it, we're like, man, we're in this too thick. You know, some of them, I think, are, you know, wealth and affluence and just having stuff and getting caught up in the American dream and bigger is better and all this stuff. I know. After all, Amazon Prime Week is next week. Don't forget that. Um, sports. I think sports can be a very big idol in families today. You know, sports is something that, you know, controls the family schedule. It controls when they come to church. It controls when they're hanging out with other people and fellowshipping. We have to be very, very careful. I think even busyness, I think busyness can be an idol. I don't think about the last time you talk to somebody, you're like, man, I was so busy this week. And they're like, no, I was really busy. No, I was busy. I was busy. Think of our conversations. We almost make an idol out of being busy. It's the American culture that we're getting sucked in. So as legacy dads, we have to be very careful to lead our families through that. You know, our culture gets crazier and crazier by the minute. You know, are we preparing our families for that? Are we leading our families through that? Are we spending time in God's word and praying and getting ourselves right so that we in turn can go and lead our families? You know, as I wrap up this message this morning, I want to leave you with just one last simple question. As you can tell, I like questions. But just imagine what our legacy could be as dads as we remember God's role in all of this. Are we trying to do everything in our own strength? Just imagine what our legacy could be if as dads we're really pursuing God first and Jesus first in our life. Just think of the legacy that we could leave if we're diligently teaching our children in the morning and at night and on walks and when we're sitting in the house and we're capturing those seemingly inconsequential moments in life. Just think about what your legacy could be as you're aware of what's going on in culture and you're looking out for idols and you're protecting your family from what Satan so much wants us uh, to fall prey to. But we live in our crazy world. Let's be very careful. Let's be legacy dads as we move forward. But as we prepare for the invitation this morning, you know, this is a time when You know, we respond to what the Holy Spirit has taught us or has been working on in our hearts. I don't know, you know, what that looked like, what that looks like for you, but maybe what's one thing, you know, you need to work on as a dad? You know, maybe 
you yelled at your kids this morning, or maybe you had an argument earlier. Maybe you need to apologize for that. Maybe that's been ongoing. Or maybe you're like, Ben, this is, this is some crazy talk you're talking about. I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you need to uh, start that. You know, you can come down here, you can talk to a pastor. But maybe you've, been, maybe you've been a great dad, but maybe you're waiting for a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, you know, to come home and you, you need to pray about that. But whatever God is placing on your heart, you know, let's pray about that because God wants so much for us to be le- not just legacy dads, but legacy parents in passing on a generation of faith over and over and over again. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that's sitting here in this auditorium. I thank you for the dads. I thank you for the dads who are faithfully getting up early in the morning, staying up late, taking care of their families and working and providing and just trying to do the next best things for their family and their exhausted father. I pray that today that they would feel refreshed, that they would feel made new. And Father, as dads, and I'm speaking to myself, help me to be a dad that relies on you. Help me to be a dad that doesn't try to do it all by myself, but help me to be a dad that leads my family faithfully. And Father, I just pray too, if there's a dad in here this morning that does not have a personal relationship with you, that they would get right, because that is the starting point. That is the starting point for living out what Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about. So the starting point for living out a legacy of faith, one that's passed on to generation to generation. And Father, I just pray as we go about the rest of this day today that you would just, again, provide refreshment, Help us to make great family memories today as we celebrate dads, but help us to stay focused on you. We just thank you and praise you for it all. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.